When it comes to insurance, you want someone you can trust. Look, you trust me with your time. You listen to me to laugh, to think, or so that I can make you mad with something I've said. Look, trust the person that I trust when it comes to insurance. John Runyon with Farm Bureau. John is a longtime friend of mine, since junior high actually, and has been my insurance agent the last four or five years. He will be honest, fair, and maybe most importantly, communicate with you in a timely manner. When I had a rock go through my windshield and needed to make a claim, the process was quick and easy, and I had a check mailed to me almost instantly. To see what he can do for you when it comes to home, auto, or life insurance, contact him via phone at 865-982-2559, or you can shoot him an email to get the ball rolling at john, J-O-H-N dot runyon, R-U-N-Y-A-N at F-B-I-T-N dot com. That's 865-982-2559 or john.runyon at fbitn.com. John Runyon with Farm Bureau. I am untethered and my rage knows no bounds! Ladies and gentlemen. All I know is you never had the makings of a varsity athlete. What is it with you and this obsession with this varsity crap? Crap. Crap. People come to us because we don't sell them on anything. They can't refuse because of the implication. You wonder ever you're a bad man? Well, needs bad man. We keep the other bad man from the door. Some things are a matter of duty. The world's greatest podcast in America. That doesn't sound right, but I don't know enough to dispute it. I was about to take advice from a clown who dies headfirst into the shallow end of the pool. It's the world's greatest podcast in America. With John Reed and Cody McClurkin. Uh, if it is to be said, so it be, so it is, so it is. It's, it's a Tennessee thing! Well, I'm World's greatest podcast in America, John Reed, here in Tennessee, Cody McClure, out in California. First of all, want to compliment the power move. Power move? You know, what I, are you talking about? I, I showed up five minutes late because I had to take the dog out, and <laughs> next thing I know, you had me sitting here for 15 minutes. It felt like a good homage to Richard Lewis and Larry David and how they used to have their lunch dates on Curb Your Enthusiasm and how one would always kind of be stood up or waiting on the other. So I applaud the power move. Well, I, I made you wait five minutes. You made me wait 20. I was trying to put my uh, microphone. Th- I was trying to set up the the podcast thing on my computer, and I couldn't figure it out. So I just went ahead and sure. did it the old way. Plus, I had, yeah, to re- had to recopy my notes. I had a few things I had to do. Yeah, no, it's fun. I was five minutes late, so you were 20 minutes late. Uh, uh, <laughs> lesson learned. Lesson learned. How are you today? I'm doing okay. It's uh, sun's coming out. We're doing good. Just just hanging out here. I got a little I back up, pain, but other than that, we're good. I picked up some hibachi on the way home, and when I got here with the hibachi, those sons of bitches had not properly secured the shrimp sauce, so I opened it up, and it's just all over the bag, dripping. Didn't have enough to go on the meal all over the place. That's the oh, last no. time I. That's the you, last time I tipped them on a takeout. 
Last oh, no. time. <laughs> you spill your yum yum sauce. <laughs> you should have just you could just lick it up out of the bag. I've done that. I was trying to like scrape it in. I felt like such a such a, a fat ass as I was like holding it up, trying to like position it where I wasn't wasting any. Relatable. Mid wasn't great. New place. Like I don't know if it's the same owners as it used to be, but like they had closed down for a while to remodel. So it looks better, but oh for one so far and how I feel about them. Where is it at? On Kingston Pike and Farragut. Oh. I don't yeah. uh, I don't know if I've ever been. Is it like a popular place or just some joint you found? I mean, it's on Kingston Pike, so it's like some hidden gem off a of beaten path. It's, all, it's on a very busy road, so I won't say yeah. I necessarily found it, but now that I'm out in these neck of the woods, yes, I, I eat there from time to time. Oh, okay. Well, good for oh, you. Oh, for one, though. They're on thin ice. Thin well, ice. Yeah, most yeah, the thing I've noticed about most Asian joints is they package their stuff up pretty well. Like I, I feel like Asians are notorious for good takeout packaging. I don't know. I mean this this same thing, not to give two shout outs to curb your enthusiasm, but Larry had that happen when he took takeout too. They they had the sauce spill all over him, so he took it personally from them. It was the the bow episode. I don't well, know if you remember of- that one. Yeah, it was just course. some type of like sauce. I don't, I don't know exactly. Well, what what it kind spilled. of people are working there though? <clears throat> are they? Maybe it was the soup. He he spilled soup in his episode. What do you mean? What type of people? I don't know. Asians. Are, well, are they real? Like you mean real Asians that are working there, or are they like these? You know, uh, the American types. Are they like like what kind? What language do they speak when you go in? Is what I'm asking. Are they first Japanese? Of all, first of all, I don't go in. I just go through the drive-through. Oh, well, that's your first mistake. Well, no, for a while, you couldn't go in. Like, they never opened back up the dining room after COVID, so, like, you just couldn't go in. That, but then, <laughs> that's part of the reason they closed down, though, to, like, completely remodel, so now you can go in again. But, obviously, I wasn't going to go in there today at 2.45 as I was trying to get here to do this episode with you. You know, that is another big thing with Asians, is they don't really like you to, like, come in and hang out. They just, you go to, like, a window, typically. Okay, you go now. They're still wearing masks too. A lot of the Asians wear masks, or at least they are out here. I don't well, know. Well, I it's... feel like I feel like a lot of Asians that I mean, at least well, I say a lot of Asians as if I know, but I think a big part of that culture changed after SARS. I think a lot of people wore masks mm. over in Asia just after that. Like they they never kind of quit over there. At least okay. certain, at least like a you know certain number of people were were doing that. Okay, well, we should move on before you get us canceled with all your Wuhan talk. Um, R.I.P. to Richard Lewis. Really wild as last Sunday's Curb episode, him and Larry were talking about death and dying and whether or not they were going to be included in each other's wills. It's almost like they planned this. What if it was staged? What if it's staged? Yeah. As in he's not really dead? Yeah, wouldn't that be wild? I would think if they were going to stage it, they would have staged it prior prior to the episode airing. That way you could be like, wow, look at these guys. You, got, you want to watch this episode because they're dead. That'd be pretty you, crazy. Hmm? I was wondering if you could still see me. My screen went dark. I, I don't know. But like I, was pull, I was trying to pull up Richard Lewis's last tweet. Did you see his tweet from three weeks ago? Uh, no. What did he say? 
It had a picture of him like in the golf cart with Kirby Enthusiasm now streaming on Max. But like the caption was, I'll be Larry's, quote, best friend from hell sooner than you think, is what it said. Oh, so you think he was sick then? I haven't even I looked into why he died. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I know he... I don't think some of that sobriety stuff was, uh, was uh, you know, fake on the show. Yeah. So I'd say, like, he had... Did a lot of damage to the body throughout the years. But, yeah, I thought that tweet was... Kind of dark, looking back on it, right? Like, you know, in terms of... Maybe he knew he was sick, like you said. Yeah. Um, what was your you know, favorite Richard Lewis moment from Curb? I like early on when they're fighting at the uh, jewelry store where they're, they're wanting to get the same uh, well I don't remember if it was a watch or a, or maybe it was a jacket or something a, a jacket at a jewelry store well maybe not maybe it wasn't a jewelry store I can't remember but I want to say was, it was a bracelet yeah 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 that's what it was Larry and Richard were fighting over the bracelet over a jacket in the jewelry store god damn Oh, you got a problem? I think my favorite was the the vehicular fellatio episode where Larry won't kiss or share a drink with Richard's girlfriend at the time. And then he goes over to his house. He, he comes up with a story about it being a cold sore. He's like, oh, I have a cold sore. I don't want to kiss her. So then Larry brings her over to get an apology from Larry. He's like, tell her the truth. Larry's like, you want to know the truth? He's like, yeah, tell her the truth. And he's like, well, I wouldn't give her, a, I wouldn't share your drink because Richard had told me you'd just given him a blowjob in the car, and I didn't want to do that. And then Richard's face is like, blowjob? Yeah, that's uh, yeah. that's my favorite part. A young Richard Lewis came up through the improv. That was his club. He was kind of known for being a womanizer back in the day. When he was a young comic in the seventies, he uh, he got a lot of tail. Another interesting story about Richard Lewis, you may not know this, but I've read two comedy books that talked about it. He had a best friend named Steve Lebetkin. Have you ever heard of Steve? No. Well, Steve Lebetkin and Richard Lewis grew up as best friends, and they were they went to L.A. in the 70s to pursue their comedy dream together. And they went to the, the comedy store, with Mitz, you know, Mitzi Shore ran the comedy store, and after the strike happened, Mitzi would not let Steve Lebetkin back in the store. So he jumped off the Hyatt house next door to the comedy store and landed on the pavement and killed himself. Nice. It was supposed to be like a fuck you to the comedy store. Some people say, as the legend goes, that Steve was actually aiming for the roof of the comedy store when he jumped off the Hyatt house. But he missed the comedy store and just landed on the sidewalk. Either way, he died. Uh, Steve was a pretty troubled guy, but that was Richard Lewis's best friend back in the day, and Richard saw a lot more success than Steve. Steve kind of went to L.A. trying to make it as a comedian and didn't find much success. And so he killed himself. <laughs> Which is what you do if you go to L.A. and don't find much success. That we're gonna hotel. Cut this, we're going to cut this out in three weeks, much like Richard Lewis's text or tweet, and say, was Cody trying to tell us something? As we as we see the news, a large man, lots of blood, lots of guts, all throughout the streets of L.A. next to the comedy store. Oh, my God, what a cleanup. 
it's a pretty legendary hotel too right there because that was like the rock and roll hotel back in the day where all the you know zeppelin and all those bands stayed there so they called it the riot house back in the day instead of the hyatt house because you know they would just rent out floors and do heroin and whatnot and uh, throw tvs out the window you know rock and roll but now it's called the Andaz Hotel. Like the building's still there, but it was bought out by some other company. It's like a luxury hotel now. But they still got a restaurant in the bottom that's called Riot House. So they kind of pay homage to the the history there. Have you gone to eat there yet? No. No, I can't afford to eat at the at the on the Sunset Strip. I have to eat for a Sita. That's a very niche joke that none of the audience gets. Well, it's, it's you know, it's an area that, you know, is not rich working class. Well, I think we could use po- context clues. I'm just, yeah, we don't really, we don't really That's, get the joke. Well, yeah, I figured maybe you could figure it out. Did you feel like you were left out last night seeing what Dalton Connect did in Knoxville? What do you mean left out? I watched just, it on TV just like everybody else did. Yeah, but alone. You probably watched it alone somewhere with no friends. <laughs> so, did, so did most people. Where'd you with, watch nobody, it? with nobody to give high fives to. Where did you watch it? Inside the arena. Oh, yeah, you said you were going to the game. Well, a lot yeah. of people watch at home on TV. I mean, that's not that crazy to think about, is it? Well, well not many people are you know completely alone. Now, you know, most people have some most friends people. or something or a loved one or something around or at least people to talk to. You gave up, you know, your your spot in Knoxville during a magical run. Just wondered if you felt lonely. That's it. Feel like again, you got left out. Again, I watched it on TV just like everyone else. I don't think Where'd most you watch people it? Uh, in my room, in my whatever, in Reseda. Okay. So you didn't feel left out. You didn't think, wow, I'm, I'm worlds away from all the fun happening right now. I mean, the only difference is that my game started at, you know, four o'clock. Well, how is that? Is that nice? Have you found yourself well, no, to be a sucks. fan of that? It no, sucks. it sucks. It's terrible. It, it couldn't possibly be worse. Interesting. So it's not like your day gets shorter? What do you, no, 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 no. I mean, it, it, because at that time of the day, it's impossible to go anywhere. Like if if the game starts at four o'clock and I'm in the city and I want to be here to watch the game, I gotta leave at two thirty. It ruins the whole day. It, it's you, you can't you're gridlocked. I mean you can't go anywhere. It's all. I've always I've always thought that maybe you know it would be cool to be out there and have all the sports start earlier, and then you know kind of go throughout the entire evening. But yeah, maybe if it's something you it's actually not... want to watch, you, you you can't do anything. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it, it's it's not convenient at all. Dep- I mean, it all depends on where you're at during the day. But So you pretty much didn't get out of your room yesterday until after the game? I got out early. and then you I got like a coffee or something then came back and just waited for the game? Well, or did no, you work I, or what? Yeah, no, I was gone during the day all day in the morning and afternoon, but then I came back for the game. That last 12 minutes, I mean, he really just took over the whole thing, you know? Yeah, it was really just like a five-minute outburst. Like, it, it just – it was crazy to see. And three-level score, best offensive player we've ever had at Tennessee, at least since I've been alive. You know, I'm not going to say he's better than Bernard King. I don't I – don't, 
I don't know Bernard King. Alan Houston was doing it on a losing team, but basically of my fanhood of my lifetime, I don't think it's there's even a, a close comparison to offensive talent and what he can do on a basketball court. Lofton was great, obviously, but not at all three levels like that. Yeah, he wasn't. He, he didn't feel as dominant. Where you know you could you could bother Lofton, especially inside the three point line. The connects just you know hitting jumpers over people and getting to the rim and dunking on people. It was special. I'm glad you didn't feel left out and lonely, and like wow, I missed out. Why do you keep saying that? You know, just I'm glad. I'm glad that you got to experience it. That's all I'm saying. We talked Monday, and you said on Thursday we're not talking about how lonely you are. So now what? You want me to get you to tell you how lonely I am? I mean, what what do you want from me? I watched the game alone. A lot of people watched the game alone. Most people most people were not on the court celebrating with Dalton Connect. I just wondered if you wanted to still be talking about it on the radio and celebrating this ride. I, I don't know. I guess that's where I guess that's where I was going with that. How am I going to do that? I don't have a radio show. Well, that was the question, yeah. Like when we go to the Final Four and we're out in Dallas, or I guess we'd be in L.A. probably, and, and then in Arizona. <laughs> I was just wondering if you was like, man, that'd be cool if we were on press row getting to do all this stuff. And wow, yeah, be nice. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's not like we really got to do. Like I was there for a special football season, and we didn't really do anything out of the ordinary. Yeah, yeah, I gotta say that I, I do think. Those days are are gone. I, I do think we're going to do some cool stuff. We've been talking about it at least. So it does suck that we didn't capitalize on the 2022 season better. Yeah. You know, I, I, yeah I think I know. The, the past regime really dropped the ball there. But can't blame him too much when he sells the radio station and gets to double his money off the, off the back of our labor. So he came out looking good on it without really spending any money. So that's good. Well, you spent a little bit of money. A little, I guess. I didn't make a lot of money under the last regime, but I made a little bit of money. <laughs> yeah, more than, yeah I think more, you, than, more than I made in the new regime. Yeah, I think you left too early. Yeah, well, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, do you see that guy that set himself on fire? Not really. I saw, the, I saw the story. I didn't watch it. Well, there was a man uh, who was, uh, I think they said he was pro-Hamas or, or pro-Palestine or something, but he, uh, he set himself on fire and just stood there and burned to death, which to me seems like a, maybe the most extreme way you can protest. I mean, I, I can't think of much else that would be more... Um, committed to the cause, you know, than, than setting yourself on fire. I talked about it a little bit on my podcast with Seth, but it reminded me of like the hunger strike that I read about, you know, with the troubles in Ireland, a hunger strike seems pretty gnarly too. And it goes on for like two months. And, you know, th there were some people that just went for 60 days without eating anything and just starved to death. Yeah. Just died. That, I think to me that seems a little bit more gnarly just because with the setting yourself on fire, don't get me wrong, it's a cool visual. 
It's a pretty cool statement, or at least a impactful statement in terms of the disgust and the smell of human flesh burning and, and all of that, but it kind of comes and goes. Like it, it, there, With this guy, I didn't see any type of buildup. I didn't know that he was threatening to set himself on fire, right? Like it, it wasn't like he's like, hey, if we don't get a ceasefire in the Middle East, I'm setting myself on fire. There was none of that. It was just, hey, I'm showing up, I assume, dousing myself in gasoline, and I am lighting myself on fire. And it was over. But like a hunger strike, you know, when I was reading about that, that was pretty gnarly in the sense it was just like two months or so of just refusing to eat, having that be a, a talking point every day, and then just, yeah, just wasting away to the point of death for the cause. So, that's, you know, drumming up attention for a long time. That's even more extreme. Yeah, I think I'd rather just set myself on fire. At least that's a quick way to go out. Well, eventually but, they started putting like metal tubes down their throats and like making sure that like they... They had one person die, but they're like, we're not going to let anybody else do this. They try to go back to the well and do another hunger strike, and they're like, actually, you're not doing that. We're going to just stuff metal tubes down your throat and force-feed you food and like I cut up the insides uh, of your mouth and stomach and all that. I can't imagine what it would be like to set yourself on fire for a cause. I mean, that just seems – I think you got to be – you know, you got to be a little bit mentally ill, don't you, to do that? Like, no matter how much you care about something, like, I, I can't think of anything I would set myself on fire for. Well, I don't think there's anything in your life that you would set yourself on fire for now, but I, I don't know if that's a sign of mental illness, well, like undiagnosed mental illness over, like, the past X amount of years or whatever, but I do think people can reach a breaking point, and if they weren't crazy before, they can go temporarily insane. I do think that's a thing. So I don't know what this guy's background was, how normal he was, the rest of his life, but he had obviously got it in his head over the last amount of months or whatever that, that this was a cause he felt very strongly about. He's probably just watching CNN too much. That's the problem with the mainstream media, you know, watching all these, uh, all this biased news coverage. They'll make you set yourself on fire. It's best to seek out a source that's neutral, that reports the news without bias, like Tucker Carlson. On X. He did get to sit down with Vladimir Putin. There was another guy who's like the, the set themselves on fire thing. That that happened was it a Tibet monk? Was, was that who it was in the was that the sixties or seventies? I mean we we've seen that before. Yeah, they used to do that back in the day. Yeah. A, f a friend of mine photoshopped Dalton Connect's face on the guy on fire last night because, you know, he, he caught fire late in the game which i thought would have been a funny tweet but it i didn't you know i wasn't gonna take the the uh the, the, you know you tweet something like that out there's gonna be some people that are like this is very insensitive that's why you send the tweet and then just hit mute this conversation then you never see them this is extremely inappropriate so i didn't put it out but i thought it was funny you should have <laughs> done it the likes and retweets would have kept you warm it would have made you feel good <laughs> yeah I watched the Blackfish documentary a couple nights ago. I'd never seen that. The one from like a decade ago? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, from 2013. Okay. Did, did you ever watch it? No. Are it, you now wanting to save the whales? Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's one of the most powerful documentaries I've ever seen. I never, I, I never, I don't know. I mean, I'd heard about it. Like, I'd heard people talk about how it's one of the best documentaries you can watch and stuff, but I never saw it. Are you all right? What do you mean? 
what has led you in your life to to watch this documentary eleven years later? Like what what was going on in your head? What was going on in your life where you're like, you know what? I, I need some entertainment. Let me throw on this blackfish documentary. Were well, you just wanting to be informed? You're just in a mood to be educated or, or what? Well, I'll tell you one thing. I went to San Diego a couple weeks ago, or maybe I don't know how three weeks a month. I don't I don't know how long ago it was at this point, but I drove down to San Diego and I realized that SeaWorld is down there, you know. And so for some reason I just got to thinking about it and it made me curious. Because I remember hearing the stories about the whale that attacked the Tillicum was his name, and he had a he had kind of a violent past, you know. He he had attacked before, but see, Tillicum was stationed up in Seattle at this place called Sea Land, which was not as good as Sea World. It was very kind of low low grade kind of operation, and they didn't give Sea World a full disclosure on Tillicum before they sold him off. And so he went down to, he had killed a girl at sea land in Seattle. And so they sent him down to sea world. Guess what? He killed again, but he lived a sad life. He was captured when he was just a baby orca. And I don't know if you're familiar with how strong family ties that orcas have, but they're they're the, the calves stay with their mothers their entire life. They're not supposed to be separated. They're not supposed to be taken from their home and put in a pen, you know, 10 feet by 10 feet. And so Telecom, they put him in this pen in SeaWorld with these two big female aggressive whales who didn't like him. And they didn't get along, and the two females would team up on Telecom. And so, you know, the trainers would go out in the morning, and Telecom would be covered in blood. He'd have these big scrapes and stuff down his sides where the females had attacked him. And he had no refuge. He had no refuge, nowhere to hide, because the pen was so small. You know, in the ocean, he could have swam out several hundred yards and gotten away from these two cunts, but not not at SeaWorld, because he was confined to a small space. And so he went crazy. Eventually, he had a psychotic breakdown, kind of like the man who set himself on fire, you could say, except Tillicum, instead of setting himself on fire, he attacked a trainer. Her name was Don Branshaw. And it was during a live show. People saw it happen. Tillicum killed her. But you can't blame Tillicum. You just can't. They drove him to that. After you watched it, did you text your mom, tell her you love her? No. No, I didn't. Did you start looking around your 10 by 10 room? And start thinking about <laughs> with the blood on my pillow from my bleeding gums. I had to change yeah. my sheets out. I changed my sheets out. My my fucking pillowcase looked like Nicole Brown Simpson's living room. I'm never gonna just, get those blood stains out of my pillowcase. Just start looking around, feeling like Tilikum. You tied Steve Lebetkin back to me. Now you tie Tillicum back to me. I'm just wondering if these are. It's are, like you want my story in, tragically. No, I'm just wondering. <laughs> I'm just wondering if these are warning cries, and you know, you the, the things you consume and the stories you tell. You, you, sometimes you can relate those to your own life. I was just curious if you were watching Tillicum be trapped away from home, away from his ma, and I just wondered if you felt like you feel like. 
a big gigantic whale. I was just inspired by the documentary. Did you not watch Free Willy growing up? Yeah. Was that not enough to be like, hey, these these wells need to be out free? Because that was enough for like five year old me. It was like, I feel like zoos and these things are bad because these animals deserve to be free. That's how I felt as a kid. Well, that like, was the point of Free Willy, and I loved Free Willy. Well, like every other movie that I've ever watched, I don't remember it. Like it's just I've told you that before. It's a thing with me that like my I don't know what it is about movies, but unless I watch a movie like ten times, I, I don't remember movies. It's it's like a spot in my brain that just cuts off. Like I've seen all kinds of stuff, but well, I don't well, remember. See, the thing about Free Willy is that it it gives you the plot in the name of the movie. They, they free, want they freed him. They want to free Willy. Yes, the boy wants to get him out of the enclosure and get him back home out in the op- ocean. That's why the movie's called Free Willy. It's both they want Willy to be free and they want to free Willy. Okay. All right, and, and and the climax of the movie or the ending of the movie, the, the well swims, 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 and the boy's doing his little signal, and he gets to the edge, and he he gives a signal for jump, and and Willie jumps over him from the enclosure, back out into the ocean, and Michael Jackson's playing, and mm. and then if you stayed after the credits, you got to watch the entire Michael Jackson video, which I used to do as a kid. I was like, I gotta wait to the end, and watch this MJ. Well, you but were yes. his his uh, intended audience, so. They they freed Willie. Hmm. Again, which was given away by the name of the movie. So you, even if you saw it and didn't retain it, you could also just think back to what it was about. They wanted they wanted to free Willie. The well's name was Willie. Willie the Well. Where does Free Willie rank on your top five marine life films? Ocean film. How would you say that? Ocean life films? The the greatest. What are the greatest movies about the ocean? Jaws. That one comes Jaws, to mind. Jaws is up there. Um, it depends on where you want to rank it versus Titanic. Titanic up there as well. Is Titanic about the ocean? I don't know if it's you know fits the criteria of you not remembering what the movie is about or what happens in the movie, but yeah the. The ocean's a big part of the story of Titanic. <laughs> yeah, but it's like how you always say, uh, "What is it you always say is not a Christmas?" But Die Hard's not a Christmas. Or uh, well, I say the Sandlot's not a baseball movie. Is what you I say. Always, yeah, you say it's a coming of age film. It's not a baseball right. movie. Well, yeah, you could say Titanic. Movie. You could say Titanic is a love story, but the the an, the antagonist of the movie is either Cal. <laughs> I'd say it's the iceberg, or the iceberg that's in the ocean, and of yeah. course the ocean. Maybe the the main antagonist at the end of the movie. So I'll I'll leave it up for interpretation, but I'll I'll say that it is about the ocean. Uh, Finding Nemo probably deserves a spot at the table. As does was it Toy Story? What number Toy Story was it where they had to go get they had that damn dentist? Was it three? I don't know, but those are animated. Two? Was it even Toy Story? Well, it's still about ocean life. Well, if you're going to include animation, I mean, you might as well put the Little Mermaid in there. I was going to get there. The live action uh, remake of Little Mermaid. Yeah. Deep Blue Sea with LL Cool J and Samuel L. Jackson. That was a good one. Ocean's Eleven. No, that's about a casino. Yeah, but the title's Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, yeah, but there's no there's no water in it. There's no water in that movie except, you know, the Bellagio Fountains. So maybe I'll allow it between the name and the Bellagio Fountains. Maybe. Ironically, it's set in a desert which is the furthest thing from an ocean. 
Ocean's Twelve. Yeah. I don't remember the 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 fountains in Ocean's Twelve, so I'm not going to allow that one. Ocean's Thirteen probably got to be in there. I didn't like Thirteen as much as Eleven. I don't know if it can crack the top five. How about Jules Verne's Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea? Never seen it. I know it's if, a book too. Never read it. If you include- I tried. There's a couple of times I tried to read that, like in junior high slash like middle school, and I was like, "I'm going to be so smart. I'm going to leave this. I'm going to read this big ass book." And I was like, "Nope, never mind. Not going to do that." Oh boy, have I got one for you! If you, by the way, if you include TV shows, would you would SpongeBob SquarePants make the cut? Not one of my favorites, but is iconic. Again, I don't have my working list exactly. I'm just kind of you know going through this live. This was not on your show rundown topics you wanted to get to, so I don't really have a full a full list. The Old Man in the Sea, okay. Ernest Hemingway, great book. Yeah. And a very short book, very readable. As you can see, it's pretty thin. Ernest Hemingway also killed himself. Would you like to tie that back to me? <clears throat> I don't know anything about... The old man in the sea. Wendy's is trying to charge people more in primetime hours. Speaking of things that make Cody want to kill himself. Hashtag what the fuck is up with that? Wendy's. Now, listen, when I first heard this, they said that Wendy's is experimenting with surge pricing like Uber does, which is at the busy times, you know, they charge more money. I would have thought. Maybe what this means is that, like, if the restaurant is short-staffed and too busy, that you could pay a premium, like, to skip the line. But no. No, it's the complete opposite of that. It's Not only are you going to sit in the drive-thru for half an hour, but when you do finally get to the window, you're going to pay them double for your Baconator. I do like that they were like, hey, let's take the thing that everyone hates most about Uber and let's bring it to our restaurants. The things that make drunk people the angriest is whenever you open up Uber trying to be responsible, trying to get a ride, and it's like $90 for a 20-minute ride. You're like, you know what? Fuck it. Honey, where are my keys? I'm driving regardless. Let's go. Forget it. We will risk the DUI instead of paying for the Uber. I like that Wendy's decided that was the model to go to. Now, you know, when you talk about being short-staffed, I was wondering if in their mind they're like, hey, let's try to keep the drive through lines down. So instead of selling three burgers for $10 a piece, let's sell two burgers more efficiently at $15 a piece. Mm. That way we're, we're getting people through faster. We're selling maybe one person drives off because they don't want to pay $15 for a Baconator, but they're making the same amount of money. And, you know, not necessarily overworking the, the workers or, you know, keeping the drive through backed up is what maybe I was considering. Now, on the other hand, if they were willing to give a little on the other side and be cheaper during non-peak hours, then they could just spin it as like, hey, this is just what all restaurants do. Most places have a lunch special where things are a little cheaper and then we charge more at dinner. So that's what we're doing here, everybody. But they have to be willing to lower the prices a little bit during quote-unquote non-peak hours. You've heard of the 4 for 4. Now try the 4 for 11. It's the same amount of food as the 4 for 4, but you'll pay 7 additional dollars. 
Now, if they bring for if they bring the four for four back during non-peak times, I might be willing to tolerate that. But the four for four died a long time ago, Cody. It's now like the the five dollar biggie bag, and oh, it's yeah. yeah they've gotten rid of it, which is now basically the six dollar biggie bag. The four <laughs> for four died long, long ago. I am Wendy's getting... is already too fucking expensive, as far as I'm concerned. Sorry to curse, but I mean, I gave up Wendy's unless like I got a coupon or something, or or if I am just wanting. In the past, to go get the four for four. But once that went away, I'm just going to McDonald's, man. I'm going to use the McDonald's app. I'm going to buy me a quarter pounder. I'm going to get 10 chicken nuggets for free. I'm going to spend $5, and I'm going to be on my way. Wendy's already lost my business, that old redheaded bitch. I don't know that it's her fault. It's probably Dave's fault. No, Dave's died. Dave has died. Who is, he is she? Dead. Was she his daughter or something? Yes, yes. Well, she's probably she not is, in charge anymore at this point. No, she she is in charge. Yeah, no, she is. If you don't you don't remember her on the commercials? No, I'll tell you the goddamn. She's problem. at least she's the at least problem. like included in the commercials and stuff. At least she was like a decade ago. She's not the problem. The problem is this damn Biden and all these damn Democrats. I'm getting tired. I'm getting sick and tired of every company trying to penetrate me in my ass. I went to get an oil change a couple days ago. <laughs> Speaking of getting penetrated in your ass, am I right? Yeah, I, I go to get an oil change, which, you know, I've got my coupon, the my special oil change coupon that I find when I go get it. I go to the Valvoline place. Synthetic high mileage oil. It's not even the top oil grade. It's the mid-tier synthetic. They want to charge me $87 for an oil change. A few years ago, that oil change was like $60. Now, I've got a coupon that gets me $25 off. But that same coupon used to make my oil change $40-something, you know, $43 or whatever it was. Now, I'm still paying $60, even with my $25 off coupon. And if I didn't use that coupon that Brandon showed me years ago, I'd have to pay $87 for an oil change. And these damn workers that try to upsell you every time you go to one of these oil change joints, I don't know. Some people use Jiffy Lube. Some people use Valvoline. Some people probably change their own oil. I'm not mechanically inclined, so I go to Valvoline. They try to upsell you. They say you need more transmission fluid. You need to do this and that flush. They break into your car and pull out your cabin air filter and show you all the disease that's caked inside it. And they say, you don't want to breathe this in, do you? You're like, no, no, it's so disgusting. Look at it. Please change it. Then they show you the same thing with your engine air filter. And I say the same thing to everything. I say, I would like an oil change, please. Oil change. Oil change. But, sir, your engine air filter hasn't been changed in three years. Oil change. But, sir, your windshield wiper, your, your fluids are low. Your windshield wiper, fluid, oil change. Your engine cooling is low. Change the oil. Just change the oil. That's all I'm here for. Would you like a tire rotation? No. No, I want you to change my oil. Well, I think some of that stuff you are supposed to keep uh, on top of. Yeah, but they're always trying to upsell you on everything. Like, it's just this world is so difficult. <laughs> Oh, it's a hard world out there. And I got to say another thing 
first time I've experienced this at one of the oil change places. And I'm not saying any kind of, you know. Oh, whatever. no. Be careful. But it just so happens, both the employees there that I was Be dealing with. Be careful. Both of them were women. Okay. Now, sometimes you get a, a woman associate who's asking you about what all you want to do to your car, and that's fine. She's just kind of ringing you up and taking your card and whatnot. But the actual person changing the oil was a woman also. There's two women that serviced my car, so now I'm not even confident that my oil was changed right. Do you think they talk shit about all the men that come in there that don't change their own oil? <laughs> Probably. Probably. But they didn't even look like the kind of women that change oil, though. You know, they, they look like just regular type of women. Sounds kind of hot, actually. Yeah, I wonder I if that would be. I wonder if there's a lane for them to become like OnlyFans stars, just the two of them, covered in oil, being sexy, doing things. I don't know. There's probably some some sort of. Oh, speaking of OnlyFans, do you hear about uh, Drea De Matteo? You remember Adriana from The Sopranos? Yeah, yeah. There, there's a story going around about how she was broke and she started an OnlyFans and like immediately paid off her mortgage. Well, I saw that her house was in foreclosure, and she said she only had $10 in the bank. Yeah, something like that, which seems like how, pretty low. How, how does she become so poor? I don't know. Does she just spend above her means and thought, hey, because I imagine at the time, you know, I, I imagine at the time she probably thought she was going to break out and be a star, which I know that she got to do the Joey Tribbiani spinoff show from Friends. Joey. She did. Uh, she had a pretty big role in Sons of Anarchy too. After the right. Sopranos, so like you know, I don't know if she thought the money was going to keep rolling in forever, and that she would would just be a star and a mainstay like in Hollywood. If she would start doing movies and whatnot, but like I would think she made quite a bit of money during her runs. But maybe she just had expensive habits or expensive taste. I guess I don't know. I imagine she did a lot of cocaine. She I seemed authentic in that way. Yeah, I mean, I can't say that for a fact, but she just seems like the type of broad that was doing probably a few banging out a few lines here and there. You know, that I would saw be pretty. Her in the that, that, that would be a bad feeling to be on a show as culturally popular and you know legendary as The Sopranos, and you see the memes and you see its relevance even you know twenty five years later, and and then you have ten dollars in your bank account. Yeah, it'd be tough. Yeah, at least she got to experience the highs, you know. Until that whole thing with Silvio. That's what every drug addict says. Ah, at least we got to experience the highs. <laughs> yeah. Do we do we know how much money she made on OnlyFans? And do we know how much uh, nudity she has? Is she doing anything filthy in the OnlyFans? Or is this just a way where she teases some fans but gets enough suckers to pay respects to her from the show and well, help, you know, give her some money? That I don't know. But and you get to the bottom of this. Do you, do, do you not still have your journalist hat in that closet back there? Do you not still have your Big J journalist hat back there where you could just go in and say, hey, it's time to do a little investigative journalism because I'm a reporter for the world's greatest podcast in America. Go subscribe on YouTube if you want to watch this, if you want to watch the, the podcast. Go give us five stars. Make sure to like and subscribe on YouTube. Yes, please like <laughs> and subscribe. I, Did I you not think, uh, like, I want to go check and get to the bottom of this story? 
I don't know if you remember the headline segment we used to do on the radio, but this, yeah. this is this is kind of like my revamped version of that. Is you know I kind of have the basics, and then you know, some stories I've read and know more about, like the Tillicum incident, and others, I, you know, I haven't looked quite as deeply into it. So. Yeah, much much like headlines, you 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 were really prepared to talk about something from 11 years ago, but but not something that's culturally relevant right now. Speaking of Big J journalism, I did get a screenshot of your big titty Jewish broad. I, I did get a picture of her. Someone has tracked her down, and it's not what I imagined. And by someone, you mean NFL reporter Jordan DeJani. The journalist, a Big J journalist. He, he did the work. <laughs> he did the work, and he ruined all the images I had in my head. Yeah, that yeah. wasn't the most flattering photo ever, from what I could tell. But no curls, no curls. She didn't pale do it skin. For you. Nah, get her out of here. Don't don't go write jokes with her. Okay, well, I'm, you've done a complete uh, turnaround on that. But I'm well, out. You know, she paid me a little attention, so that's all it really. She doesn't takes look for funny me. either. She doesn't look funny either. Well, you know, I wasn't going to say that, but her set was the sets that she did. I was not. I mean, the the one that I saw, I was not that impressed by. But, I mean, what do I know? What do I know? Hold about on, I, I swear that you said she was good when I asked you. I mean, I might have said, yeah, I don't know. Now you're just coping. Now that you dropped the ball through your, your future lover, now all of a sudden she's not very good because I remember asking you said, oh yeah, she was pretty funny. She was funny. By the way, I have uh, an another small complaint about the naming of the podcasts. Um, again, okay. Just, now again, let's hear it. This is just a small thing. I mean, I don't want you to take it any kind of, you know, it's not a big deal, but just something I've noticed. The Like the last four episodes all start with Cody. And I uh -huh. feel like I feel like maybe we could possibly be a little more creative with our uh, titles with our naming of the episodes instead of just Cody gets fired Cody meets a girl Cody's going to kill himself you know because every episode just says Cody 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 and this is not about me I mean this this is us you know this is a, a team effort I, I'm looking for more of a maybe a little more creative on the on the naming and, and I could send you some suggestions for some of the episodes you know and and, uh, you know, you, you do what you want, but also just something to think about. I, okay. I, I feel like the, the last few have been a little redundant. I'll take that feedback into consideration. Okay. Okay. That was just one, one housekeeping note I had. I'll take um, that in, into consideration. I like the Cody aspect of it. It reminds me of Always Sunny in Philadelphia, how every episode is the gang does something. The gang does this. The gang <laughs> solves the gas crisis. Blah, blah, blah. I appreciate that you are the gang in this situation. Yeah, but this is a two-man job, you know. People want to know what's happening in your life, too. I'm over, I'm overextended. <laughs> I am out here enough. People are tired of hearing my voice. I, I am using this as a way to, to, to keep you connected and to talk about other things. But I, I do 15 hours of radio. I do, you know, three hours of podcasting with you, an hour with Seth. People, people are tired of hearing my takes. This is about my talented friends. 
I feel like it's good. It could be good for your growth too, though, because it, you know, some people might just prefer you on one or the other. Like some people might just like you more on the radio or some people prefer you with me or with Seth, you know, so like you kind of get different. I feel like you kind of diversify your audiences. You've heard sure. of diver- diversifying your, uh, uh, what is that they talk about in uh, investing? Portfolio. Uh, your portfolio. Yeah, you got to diversify your portfolio. At least that's that's what I've heard. I don't have any experience with that, really. But uh, Yeah, I got a good backhanded compliment yesterday from a guy at the game. He was like, oh, yeah, really enjoying the new morning show. He's like, I didn't really know that you knew anything about sports. <laughs> well, there you go. You can flex your knowledge a little more. He was like, I thought you were just a pop culture guy. Yeah. Well, see, it's probably good. You don't have some guy interrupting you every two minutes about, you know, Tilikum or whatever. So you can you can kind of flex more of that sports knowledge on them. Well, right, but that's why the podcast, the, the show names are about what you're up to. People want people listen. People aren't listening to this to hear more from me. They're listening to this to hear from you. Yeah, but they want my us opinion. To, they want to hear us together, though. You know. Well, yeah, we're we're on here. We're on here together. Yeah, if it was just you rambling by yourself. It probably wouldn't be as good as the dynamic duo, but I'm just saying they've heard me other places. They have access to me other places. This is the only only place where they can get the the thoughts of Cody McClure. There is a place here in Santa Monica that I've learned about that get this, okay? This is the most Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me get let me get ready because it sounds like it's about to blow this. my mind. Yes, let me Yeah. Let me sit down. This is the most 2024 shit that you could imagine, all right? This is the world that we're living in, in the fake reality world we live in. There is a private jet in Santa Monica that you can go to, and you can rent out the space for 15 minutes, all right? You're not going up in the sky. You're not, you're not flying in the private jet. You're literally just getting on board to take Instagram photos, and so they rent it out like in 15 minute blocks for these influencers and for these, you know, whoever, like these, these models and people just to show like, yeah, we're living the, the jet set life. Like, look how, look at me, look how cool I am. Look what I'm doing. How sad is that? You really just go in there and you take photos for 15 minutes and leave. And then you put it on your Instagram and pretend that you're like on a private jet. With the jet emoji. <clears throat> yeah. So ridiculous. Do you do you know how expensive it is to rent it out for fifteen minutes? No, I God don't. God damn it! Do you do any journalistic work? <laughs> Son just, of a bitch! Can, just, can you just, can you have just, one pricing information for me? I I don't get to know how much Adriana's charging. I don't get to know if she's showing vag or even she's tits. Not showing vag? Why would she be? She needed to pay vag. off her house. She might be. Desperate times call for desperate measures, and now I don't know how much it costs to rent out a private jet for 15 minutes. I can tell you how much it costs to watch Blackfish on YouTube. (laughs) I hope free. It's free with ads. Did you cry during Blackfish? No, but I felt those emotions. I teared up a little bit today whenever I read... Larry's goodbye to Richard Lewis. That actually did tear me up a little bit. I haven't seen that yet. Yeah, it was a good one. It was basically <laughs> like 
you know, he's been my friend my whole life. We grew up, we, we were born at the same hospital three days apart. It was like, you know, he was the rare combination of being the funniest and sweetest man. He's like, but today he made me cry and I'll never forgive him for that. And then it kind of, kind of teared me up. I, I felt his pain. Once gave him a kidney. No, no, no. Larry gave him the kidney. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Making me tear up again just thinking about it. It's kind of sad. Can you see? Oh, look at you. I know. You crying, crying tears on a podcast. I'm not crying tears. I'm tearing up. There's a difference. Nothing maybe has, we hit, could, the, maybe nothing if has we, hit the cheek yet. Maybe if we could make this moment really serious, you could clip it out and put it on your TikTok and we could go viral. <laughs> you know, just he, he said the goodbye. He, he said, we grew up together. We, we were born in the same hospital three days apart. He called him a sweet man and said, but today he made me cry and I'll, I'll never forgive him. And just, man, like to, to have a lifelong friend, it just makes you feel like life is beautiful, but also that life is precious. And, you know, I, I find myself thinking constantly about getting older and, you know, that's the thing that stands out about Curb Your Enthusiasm is when you watch like, you kind of see them getting old, you know, like they all look kind of rough and, and to lose Richard. And then you think we lost Funkhauser too. I mean, it's beautiful to have a friend like that, but, but loving something so much means that you're eventually going to have to deal with the pain of losing it. So maybe, moving away and, and just being a loner that, that sits in his room and watches basketball by himself and, and doesn't connect with anybody, maybe that's actually the route to go. Maybe not to have a family or close friends that can die and disappoint you. Maybe maybe that's actually a better life. Because if you don't let anybody close to you and you don't have those relationships and friendships, they, they can't hurt you. Powerful. God rest the beautiful soul of Richard Lewis. Apparently people on the internet are discovering Ari Shafir. I don't think I know who Ari Shafir is. You don't know Ari? You never seen the amazing racist? Let me Google. I don't know if you <laughs> would be your type of humor. <laughs> Mm, nope, I don't know this guy. You don't, don't know think. Ari? I don't think so. No. Well, he comes from that Rogan tree. Oh, he's, okay. He's I was going to say the name guys. sounds familiar, but I don't I don't know who he is. I'm unfamiliar with his work. <coughs> he, he's a racist? No, well, he's not a racist. Well, he might be a racist. He did, he's one uh, of those comics that wants to seem edgy and, and uses racial humor like that, and people are canceling him, or what? Well, he put out a very uh, clever special his most recent special is very funny it's called jew that's the name Edgy. of it <laughs> well he's he's who, jewish who does he so. think he is nas nas <laughs> already did this when nas released an album called the n-word oh wow yeah. it was called eventually the word well it was called it was just the word er which but which one the word the word and the record label wouldn't let him actually put it out so he had uh, to change it to just like untitled. 
but he already, yeah. you know, kind of did that. Mm. So I'm not giving Ari too much credit for being a copycat, but either way, go ahead. Tell me more about him. Well, people on the internet are discovering him because there was like a clip going around where he was talking about like, I don't know, he was treating a woman nicely or something, or like he was saying something nice about a, a woman and like, people are like, oh yeah, this is, this is what you should say. This is what a man should say. And like, it's funny that they're discovering Ari Shafir and the comments are like, whatever you do, or if you like this clip of Ari, also check out Ari's tweet about Kobe Bryant when he passed, <laughs> which is, uh, I don't know if you've seen that. Are you familiar with the Kobe? T well, I guess you're not, if you're not familiar. Anyway. What was it? What did the tweet say? Yeah. What was the tweet? Uh, I basically said like Kobe Bryant is a rapist and deserved to die. Oh no, I've and seen that one. Yeah, well, that that was Ari, but he he used to do a show called The Amazing Racist, where he would go to different like groups of people and just say things like. Uh, th there was one, I mean, one that really stands out is like he he him and his friend had a boat set up, like on a beach, and it said free rides to Africa, and so like black people would walk by and he would talk to him about the boat and be like, "Could I interest you in a free ride?" And it was like. <laughs> It's pretty pretty messed up stuff, but he, he would do like different things with different races. And the stuff with the Jews was funny because he's a Jew, you know, but he would go, he went like into a Jewish uh, supermarket and, and he was trying to get people to sign a petition to apologize for killing Jesus. I'm always amazed that no one like beats up these guys. Well, he, a guy did beat him up on the when he was. Uh, the boat rides to Africa thing. Oh, someone dude. actually, some some guy actually fought him. Yeah, the last nice. black, the last black guy in the video. You see him like he he did. He hit him nice. and like took him to the ground. <laughs> like, <laughs> nice. That's where, that's that's where the video ends. <laughs> you know, that's ninety percent of the reason I watch TikTok and Instagram videos. Like every now and then, like the pranks and the people who are jerks will end up on my algorithm, and and I'm just hoping that someone beats their ass. Although someone did shoot somebody, right? That did happen. The yeah. guy that would try to scare people with a hatchet or whatever, somebody actually just took him down and shot him a couple of years ago, right? Yeah, those, I mean, you, you got to, I don't even want to say you got to have balls because, like, you got to be pretty stupid, but I hate those those pranksters. Like, you know, you see one of a kid just going up and, like, slapping random people. Well, I saw one that Randy Orton quote tweeted of a guy who just runs around New York giving people RKOs and, like, dragging old people to the ground, like, from behind yeah. and just coming up and dragging their head down and, like, <clears throat> somebody has to beat that guy's ass or shoot that guy like and say you're well, self-defending yourself well you're i mean you're just asking for it like depending on who you go up to you never know you might go up to a guy who has a gun and like once you attack somebody physically i mean at that point you're you know uh, sure it, it's game on so i would not want to uh to be one of those pranksters and I, I don't know why people do that i mean i know why people do that it's just the same reason Attention. people go yeah, it's the same reason people go to Santa Monica and take pictures on a private jet, you know? <laughs> Having just uh, knocking on someone's door and running away. Yeah, they're just... Whatever, ha whatever happened just to saran wrap in their car? Or, yeah. or just throwing toilet paper in their trees? What happened to that? Yeah, what happened to the America I used to love? They're just lighting a box of fireworks on fire on somebody's doorstep, you know, so something like that. At least like a flaming bag of dog poop or something. I don't know. Yeah. Anything else that you want to talk about today? <clears throat> no, we pretty much hit all my topics. 
Rest in peace, Richard Lewis. Rest in peace, Tillicum. It feels like it would be in poor taste for me to do my joke of the day on a, on a day that Richard Lewis were mourning him and, and Larry David, true comedians. For me to for me for me to taint that with my joke just feels feels like it's in poor taste. Yeah, yeah. So you don't have a joke today? No, I have one. I have <clears> one. <throat> oh, okay. Is it? I have but one, but it's not good, or it's you don't like it. I kind of like it. It, is, it isn't fleshed out because you know we use this to kind of do it together. But also, can you move back away from the camera a little bit? That's too much. You. That's too much. Oh, Thank you. Uh, sorry. Yeah, you, you're right on top of me. I, I, didn't, I didn't like that at all. <laughs> but also, I'm going to say that I am tired of giving you jokes until you tell me that you're actually using them. So, are you actually using any of these jokes that we're working on? Have you tried the great ant joke yet? Uh. <laughs> Which one was that? The great aunt joke. You talk about how you're great aunt. You talk about how like you're yeah. depressed. You're living out here and you're worried because your family's got some suicidal tendencies and it's past. To talk about how your great aunt, she tried to slit her throat twice. How she no. had a big scar. How that's always worried you and blah blah blah. And then like, oh, you know, to kind of think of it, she's not that great of an aunt at all. You know, turns, turns out she's not that great of an aunt. Turns out she's kind of a bad aunt. Maybe that's the punchline. Turns out, you know, she's kind of a, a bad aunt when you think about it. You haven't tried that one. You still haven't told my ten minute joke, right? You, st- I just don't. I think I'm wasting my time. But I, well, no. I got one. Well, I like your your ten minute joke, and I like the great aunt thing. I can't remember what the second. The one other one was. wasn't great. It was about how you you uh, you, you try to. You, as you get older, you just start kind of trolling in terms of warning kids just to kind of put pressure on your girlfriend, even though you don't really want them. It's like kind of like anal. You know, I always try to joke about oh, it, but I don't yeah. really want it. Yeah. yeah. That one wasn't great. Not not your best work. I like the other two, though. I do. I got one that I, that I had a note for, because I actually you know, put a lot of these together you know, years ago when we talked about doing stand-up, but I got another one that was talking about how, you know, your shoes, a white guy's shoes, are a good indication on how many black friends he had growing up. Oh, that's that's good, yeah. And, like, okay. you know, was the, when I was telling the joke, I'd have Jordans on. I'd be like, you know, I got these Jordans on. I had a lot of black friends growing up. And then you could go on to, like, New Balances, Hey Dudes. You know, you got Hey Dudes on, pretty good chance you're, you're somewhere in your family still has a Confederate flag flying somewhere. <laughs> and you might not even be in the South, like something like that. My mom tried to get me Hey Dudes. Yeah. She, she was yeah. all about them. She's, yeah. like, uh, she's like, what about the... She For some reason, it's one of her things. Like She always thinks I need shoes. Uh, no matter what's going on, anytime I go you're home... You're a pretty big old boy. I bet you wear yours down pretty quickly, though. I do. I do, but so I don't think she's like, wrong. No, but I just feel like it's low on my priority list. Like there's a lot of other things I need, so I don't really think about shoes. But it's like every time I go home, it's like we got to get you some shoes, son. Well, okay. Yeah, well, but yeah, yeah no, I, I think there's shoes. something there with with uh, the the white guy shoes and how many black friends they have or had growing up, something like okay. that. All right, and you could go through the different types of shoes and what it, what it says about them. Okay. I'm sure you're going to be wearing some busted pair be like, yeah, you know, I grew up in Arkansas. But I didn't have, the, you know, but they're not hey dudes. The hey dudes guys, they probably still have a Confederate flag hanging somewhere or something like that. 
what level of black friends are my current shoes you think are these like what what level of how many black friends is that like one you could say two? that you could be like I, I grew up in arkansas but i was an athlete say something like that you know I, but i played sports would you, how many black friends is this shoe worth one to two Again, no real friends. Just you played sports growing up, so you you were around. You were around terrible. different people. That that would be the that would be the joke. And then then you could transition, you know, from your mom trying to bow you, hey dudes, and then you know you could have a bit about that or something. Yeah, like this one, this one right here. This is a Skechers, I think. Yeah, yeah. That's Th- those pretty- are those are basically hey dudes. That yeah. that means you have a Confederate flag flying somewhere. That's a pretty white shoe. You want to see? The, here, here's what I think. I think this would be the whitest shoe. You ready? I think that's the whitest one, isn't it? That's a pretty good one. Now, I don't know that's, what the joke would be like there, but yeah, I, like, I think there's I think there's something there with that one. This shoe says I own a bicycle. Is what this shoe? This shoe's like I, I like going to dog parks from time to time. But in your case, it means I'm too lazy to put on socks and and tie my <laughs> shoes today. Well, those are good for going to the ocean, you know, because they're sure. sandals, but they're like, they're easy to clean off. You can wear them out if there's rocks on the beach. So those are, those are a good solid pair of shoes for that. Flip-flops come off in the ocean. You right. Know, I, I, right. I don't know if you're familiar with tides, but sometimes you get kind of a, it's kind of a battle out there. Yeah. And they'll break most <clears> likely <throat> in the water too. They'll either float away or they'll break. There's, there's. You don't wear those in there, for sure. N- nothing worse than wearing flip-flops to the ocean, and then you lose a flip-flop in the ocean. And once it comes off, there's there's no getting it back. You know, it, it's it's for the jellyfish at that point. And then you just got to walk back either with one shoe or with none, and and there might be hot pavement to cross. I mean, it's it's an obstacle. So, does LA have a jellyfish problem? Not that I'm aware of. Oh, know. okay. It's got a traffic problem, though. I'll tell you that. I can tell you that, buddy. All right, well. And a gas price problem. Yeah. Saw one yesterday in Beverly Hills. 623. I got to get out of here. I'm trying to think about how expensive it was when I was out there. I want to say I even thought there was some in the sevens when I was out there a couple years ago. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, when things were so bad a couple of years ago, it got up to like I'm sure I think it was like nine dollars in Malibu. Yeah, yeah, I thought so. So it could be yeah. worse. Yeah. So you're counting down the days, huh? Just ten more days, you get to get out of there. Oscar Sunday is is my last uh, official night in this place. So I don't know exactly where we're going from there. A lot of the podcasts in the coming future might be shot from the car. So. uh I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> we'll figure something out. But uh, yeah, Oscar Sunday. They're starting to build all the stuff down there. I drove down Hollywood Boulevard yesterday, and they're they're putting all the stuff out. It's a pretty big deal. Pretty big operation down there. Yeah, I can imagine. It's the Oscars. Yeah. I can yeah. imagine that's a pretty big deal. I'd say it's probably the biggest day of the year here. I mean, I don't know for sure, but. There's obviously always a lot of stuff going on, but that does feel like the most LA thing. Yeah. The Lakers and Clippers played last night. Yeah. Did you go? I can't afford a ticket to a Lakers game. No, I, 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 that was one of my goals coming out here was to see LeBron play once, but it's not looking good. That would have been cool to be there last night. 
Did you see what he did in the fourth quarter? No, I turned it off. Oh, he went off. He went crazy. Really? Yeah, they were down 21 points going into the fourth quarter, and he came back and they won. He outscored the Clippers by himself in the fourth quarter. No, he didn't. You're 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 lying. You're joking. I'm being serious. No, I'm being serious. You're joking around. You're you're joshing me. No, I'm being serious. He he brought them back. Him and Dalton Connect were the kings of of basketball last night. Well, after the game, I didn't feel like going back out, so I watched our game, and then I watched that Alabama Ole Miss game, hoping that Ole Miss would win. And then I flipped it over to the Lakers Clippers, and I think it was like eighty-seven to seventy-one or something. Clippers, and so I just I turned it off. I watched something else. The biggest comeback of LeBron's career last night in the fourth quarter, and you missed it. I don't believe you. I think you're just messing with me. Why would I lie about this? Do you think I got nothing better to do with my life than lie to you about this? You're just trying to get one over on me. You're trying to pull wool over my eyes. Again, what do I gain by saying this? You just want to pull my leg. LeBron James authored a 21-point fourth quarter comeback. The largest fourth quarter comeback of James's 21-year career. He single-handedly outscored the Clippers 19-16, to including hitting five for eight from three with four assists to close out the franchise's hallway series in dramatic fashion because that was the last time the Clippers and Lakers play each other while sharing a building. If you could trade Dalton Connect off of our team right now for LeBron James, yes, would you? Yes, I, yes, I would. <laughs> yes, yes. Dalton Connect is not better than LeBron James, yes. Okay, so we need to give it a couple of years on LeBron. Then Although there would be an asterisk with our championship, so they'd be like, hey, yeah, Tennessee finally got to the Final Four, but it took a 39-year-old <laughs> professional player to get him over the hump. Yeah, it was a little unfair. Yeah, yeah. What if Rick Barnes did not get to the Final Four with LeBron James? People would blame people would blame LeBron, so that that maybe would work out better in Rick Barnes's favor. It's going to be weird if we end up in Los Angeles and then I'm not here. That's what I said last last episode. You couldn't understand why I thought that was so funny. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I guess I could try to extend a week. Maybe I don't know. I'll let you know. Well, it'll, be, it'll be like extending two weeks. Yeah, I don't know if I can spring for that. <laughs> or actually, it'll be, yeah, two weeks because we don't finish the regular season until next Saturday. That's going to be the ninth. You said you got to be out by the 10th. Then the first round weekend's not going to be in L.A., so that's another week. So, yeah, you'll, you'll be two weeks in. Well, we still got to make the Sweet 16 for that to happen. So, Dear God, if we don't make the Sweet 16 this year, then that's a, that's a huge, huge, huge failure. I mean, I feel pretty good about this team getting to the second weekend. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they should because I think, we got, I think we're going to get a one seed if we go 3-0. and I don't know if we're going to get to 3-0. and I feel confident every game, but do you slip up one? Maybe. But even a two seed, I mean, basically the first round should be a bye. And then you just got to win one game as like a eight point favorite. Surely to God, we can do that. Hey, what happens if we lose at Alabama, uh, but then Alabama loses to Florida, and we win if, both? If we week. win the rest, if we win the other two games, then we we are SEC champs. So if it, if well well Alabama well, well actually hold, actually hold on hold on because it's I keep waiting for South Carolina to lose, but South Carolina is not losing. But they but will we, lose in this scenario. Yeah, but they they need to finish behind Auburn. 
for us to win the tiebreaker with Alabama because it goes down to like what your record is against the next seed. So like if Auburn's the three seed and we're one and zero against Auburn, that's better than Alabama, who's one and one against Auburn, right? Yeah. But Alabama beat South Carolina. We lost to South Carolina. So if South Carolina's the three seed, we'd be one and one, and they'd be one and zero. So they but would then, get it. But in this scenario, we'll beat South Carolina again. I'm saying. Yeah. Sure. But right now they they have one fewer loss than South Carolina, or excuse me, than Auburn. So we need to make sure at least Auburn wins their last three games, which they should. So, like, if Auburn wins their last three games and they play terrible teams, they play, um, like, Georgia, Missouri, and Mississippi State. Mm -hmm. Mississippi State at home, Missouri on the road, and Georgia at home. So, like, Auburn should win their final three games and have the higher seed compared to South Carolina. So, at that point, we would win the tiebreaker with with Alabama if we both go 2-1 and down the stretch. I think the best thing we can do is just win out. Yeah. There's only one thing left to do. Win the whole fucking thing. What's our record right now? 22 and 6? It is 22 and 6. We need to finish 34 and 6. I don't really care if we win the conference championship or not. No, I don't either. Yeah. It won't really matter. Yeah. But it would be nice just to lock. I would lock in just winning the next 11. Although you need 12. I'd still lock that, in right? 11. Yeah. You said, yeah, winning our next 11, losing the national championship. I, I, I would have to take that deal. All right, my brother. I love you. I will talk to you on Monday. Any big plans for the weekend? Just trying to stay alive. Yeah. Just, 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 just trying to stay alive, basically. Yep. <clears throat> okay. See you. Bye. See you. Ugh. <sighs>